Welcome, beautiful soul, to the Stars Are Calling You podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Lelantiri, an ITA energy medicine practitioner, holistic counselor, intuitive empath, and spiritual writer, here to bridge the gap between science and spirituality. In this space, we deep dive every week into topics designed to help you align with your true and highest self, raise your frequency and vibration, learn the tools to help you self-heal, rewire your subconscious mind, transform your mindsets, and co-create the life of your dreams. I believe the stars have called you to this podcast for a reason. Let's dive in and find out why. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome or welcome back to the Stars Are Calling You podcast. I am recording from my office, but I'm looking outside my window and it's pitch black outside because it is so early. I just couldn't really sleep last night. I had one of those like tossing and turning nights and I decided, you know what? I'm just going to wake up, get a head start on my day and just get good sleep tonight. But when I was thinking about what I wanted to record, a memory popped up from a question someone asked me a few days ago. We were chit-chatting and someone said, well, anxiety is normal, right? Right? And I was like, huh. You know, there's two answers to that question, and it really just depends on what she was referring to when she said anxiety. Because, you know, like part of me wanted to say, yeah, of course, anxiety is normal. As humans, we are meant to experience the full spectrum of emotions, and anxiety is necessary for our survival. So, of course, anxiety is normal. But then the other part of me was like, well, this maladaptive consuming anxiety that has become normalized in our culture isn't actually normal. Like we aren't supposed to have our fight or flight reaction get activated over things that don't actually pose a threat to our well-being. And so in that regard, I'd say, no, it's not normal. I mean, a lot of people experience it, but it's not something that is supposed to happen, if that makes sense. So I was thinking about what I wanted to chat about, and I thought, kind of demystifying anxiety and explaining it in, you know, some energetic terms, clinical terms, and just colloquial terms to really give whoever's curious, you know, a solid foundation of anxiety. And then also share some ways to heal and cope with whatever level of anxiety you experience in your life. And I want to start off by saying that Most of what people think of when they think of anxiety is wrong because anxiety is an emotion, so it is inherently neutral. It's not good or bad. Anxiety is an emotion that we get when we're in stressful or threatening situations. So in essence, it is an adaptive part of our sympathetic nervous system. Not only is it there to help protect us if we are in a dangerous situation, it's also there to help us rise to an occasion when we are met with a threatening or difficult task. Like for example, public speaking, that can give people a lot of anxiety, but it's kind of there and its purpose is to keep you alert, keep you focused, and to help you perform well. So that is adaptive, healthy anxiety. And it's a tool that, you know, helps us get through life. But anxiety can often be maladaptive and harmful. And that's when anxiety arises in situations that don't pose a threat at all, and when the reaction is way larger than should be expected for the situation at hand. And a good indicator of if anxiety is maladaptive in your life is if it hinders your life experiences. This overwhelming sense of worry 
can prevent you from actually focusing. So it actually can do the opposite of what it was there to do, which was to keep you focused and alert. This overwhelming sense of worry can rob you of your focus, cause disruption in sleep, even affect relationships, and have negative effects on your physical body. So knowing that feeling anxious is just generally uncomfortable and it can have all of these you know, spiraling effects on other aspects of your systems, how exactly do you overcome maladaptive anxiety? How do you prevent it? How do you soothe it if it arises in a situation? That's what I really want to focus on today. So the science of psychology has proven that the way you cope and handle life situations directly affects the level of anxiety you feel. So I want to first share coping mechanisms that are clinically proven to lower anxiety. The way we handle the the small things that happen in our days, the bigger life changes or stressors, the way we handle it indicates if we are going to experience any lower emotions or negative side effects from those experiences. And these coping mechanisms aren't breathing techniques. These are things that you may not even realize is associated with anxiety, but these are things that when you kind of put them in place, it can help you cope with the everyday life stressors before your anxiety gets maladaptive. So the first one is to feel that you have control of your life. When you feel like things are just happening to you, the time is just passing by and you can't really control what's happening, you know, for the better or for the worse, that can give you a feeling of like paralysis and it can make you very anxious without you even realizing that that's what is, you know, happening. Because once we feel anxious in our body, our minds will be looking for the threat, the thing that is going to, you know, kill us. Like if we're out in the woods and there's a tiger. And so if we start to feel anxious because we're feeling like we don't have any control over our lives, our brain may not pick up on that and it's going to start to look for other things in our reality to be the reason why we feel unsafe. And so that could be answering text messages, that could be a social event, that could be going to work or school. You could transfer your anxiety onto things that normally wouldn't cause you anxiety because of these underlying causes. So this first coping skill is to feel that you have control of your life. How do you do that? A few things. I love starting before you're ready. There's nothing like, you know, plunging headfirst into something without feeling like you're 100% prepared that makes you feel alive. You're like, oh my God, I'm actually doing it. I'm actually doing it. Like doing things just before you feel ready for them instead of waiting until you feel 100% prepared because that's honestly super unrealistic and just going out and doing things. Do the things you say you want to do. Try those new hobbies or activities. Go to the movies on a random Tuesday night at midnight just because you can. Like go and take control of your life by just doing stuff, doing stuff that brings you joy and lights you up and and not waiting for some false parameter of readiness. This not only gives you a greater sense of control, but it also turns your anxiety into excitement. So now every time you're a little anxious before doing something new that you just don't really feel ready for and you end up doing it, you feel excited. So then you can train your brain to be like, oh, this isn't anxiety preparing me for a threat. This is actually excitement for life. My next coping skill is to forgive yourself. Show yourself the utmost compassion and grace for everything you've gone through up until this point in time, everything that's shaped you. We are all shaped by our life experiences, by our perceptions. 
So not only forgiving yourself for whatever emotions you feel on a day-to-day basis, but also forgiving the past versions of yourself that have led you here and forgiving life. Radical acceptance is something that is so powerful by saying like, this is my life and I am capable of change and I'm capable of creating a great life right now in this moment. This is who I am and this is my life and really accepting that. Not saying like, oh, I'll just never improve and I'll just like stay the same. Not at all. Accepting where you are so that it's easier for you to naturally progress into further alignment with who you want to be. But first that begins with forgiving yourself for your big emotions and having a lot of compassion for what you're moving through right now, big or small. And then the third coping skill, and these are all kind of like preventative tools as well, but this third coping skill is to have purpose and meaning in life. There's this quote by a neurologist that I think I heard it in a TED talk and it just completely stuck with me. But this doctor said, for people who think there is nothing to live for and nothing more to expect from life, the key is getting these people to realize that life is still expecting something from them. Kind of going back to the first one of like feeling like you have control over your life. It's so easy to feel like you have no purpose and that, you know, you're just one out of like billions and billions of people and Maybe you're not even really good at something. And, you know, so what's the point? How is my life significant in any way? How am I important? How am I supposed to be here? And when you have those feelings, it's, it's, they're completely false, those thoughts, first of all, because there is such a divine reason why you're placed on this planet. You are such an integral part of the collective systems. And a really great way to, to bring meaning into your life is to do something with someone else in mind. So any kind of small act of kindness can really go a long way for the other person and for yourself. Because if you were just able to make, you know, like one stranger smile or really cheer up your friend that day, then that makes you feel like you have purpose and meaning. Not that you're here just to serve others or that your worth is tied to making other people feel good. That's not it at all. It's, you know, just those little moments that remind you that, You know, you can make a difference in the world, even if it's just making one person smile, right? And that's enough to give you the courage to continue on and the confidence and empowerment to really follow your purpose that lights up your heart. Now, as those things kind of sink in and you integrate those coping skills and preventative measures, I kind of want you to reflect. You can either reflect in this moment or journal about it at a later point in your day or week. But think about like how often you feel anxious. Is it every week, every day, every few hours? And if you were to rate your anxiety on a scale of one to 10, like on average, what would it be? Learning about how anxiety shows up for you, what it looks like, if it has a color, if it had a shape, if it had a voice, what would would the voice say? Really understanding your individual unique expression of anxiety is going to be so important moving forward because yes, anxiety is an emotion that everyone feels to varying degrees from time to time and it can be adaptive or maladaptive, but the way you experience it is going to be unique. So get to know your version of anxiety. Ask yourself questions like, when was the first time I felt anxious? And also like, how do I know I'm anxious in the moment? Is it your thoughts? Are you tense in your body? Like, how? Do, what are the indications for you? 
I feel like there's so many misconceptions about how to heal anxiety when it does come up that it kind of paralyzes people as well. It's like this paradox. But you can't think your way out of anxiety because let's be honest, I think thinking got us into this issue in the first place. You can't think your way out of anxiety because anxiety not only lives in the mind, but it also lives in the body and the energy systems, which is extremely important to recognize as you do any, you know, coping skills. That's really why you want to understand your anxiety on an individual level. Anxiety can come up due to conditioning patterns, stored subconscious limiting beliefs, but also just blocked energy within our energy systems. For me, I feel anxiety in like my chest and shoulder areas. And that, you know, makes sense because the heart chakra is a chakra that is tied to anxiety. But there's also people who feel like crampy in their stomach, which also makes sense because that navel chakra has a root and a link to the feeling of anxiety as well. So kind of understanding the areas of your body that feels affected and also those thought patterns can help you track those links to find the root cause. And another thing with that is, you know, anxiety presents in different situations. So if I'm anxious about a social event, that's going to be different than my anxiety about schoolwork. Like I was such an anxious high schooler. Oh my gosh, like grades were just, they seemed so important at the time. And I would get really, really bad testing anxiety. But that was due to me feeling like my worth was tied to my output. But let's say if I'm anxious about a trip, I also get travel anxiety like before I go on a plane. Not that I think it's going to crash. I don't know. I just, I really do think it's excitement that I'm perceiving as anxiety or I don't don't even know. Like, I don't want to forget my toothbrush type thoughts, but that's not tied to, you know, my worth of being, you know, tied to my output. I don't even know where that comes from. Maybe I should do some more (laughs) subconscious deep diving into why I get anxious over vacations, but you know, they come from different places and that anxiety also manifests different in my mind and in my body. So knowing that for yourself and making sure that if you are on a healing journey, that you are really taking the time to self-reflect and ask yourself these deeper questions and, you know, getting your nervous system into a place where you can actually answer them honestly. Which speaking of nervous system regulation and breath work, they're both responsive and preventative tools. So they are like the best things to kind of anchor in place. You use nervous system regulation to prevent anxiety because when your nervous system is regulated, you are less likely to get triggered in your everyday life. And then you can also use these regulation techniques such as breath work and meditation when you are experiencing anxiety as a way to stop it. My favorite tools are abdominal breathing and box breathing. I also really like EMDR and EFT. They they use like tapping on certain points of the body. Yoga and meditation can also be very powerful. Any type of like bilateral stimulation technique, which if you just do a quick little Google search of that, they can give you so many good tools. Those are all really great ones to get used to doing when you're not anxious so that you can help regulate your systems and that you know how to do it when you are feeling anxious and it is more likely to you know be successful. Another thing that happens in our mind that can kind of cause us to, you know, spiral in like over worrying or just, you know, persistent negative thoughts is this notion that if two things contradict each other, then they can't exist at the same time. So this is like the end versus but language. For example, saying I'm intelligent and I'm a really good student, 
but I failed a test. So that must mean that I'm not a good student and that I'm not intelligent. When really it's an end that needs to go there. I'm a really hard worker. I'm extremely intelligent and I'm a good student and I failed a test. Those things can happen at the exact same time. They're not mutually exclusive. And the way we go about life is often in that same, you know, framework. And so think about the things that you say, but in between. And should it really be an end, right? And if you're like Danielle, I just can't, you know, get my brain to believe it. I just can't really wrap my head around it. Then start using maybe language to get your subconscious mind to become curious and loosen up the reins on those limiting beliefs that it's holding on to so tightly because it thinks it's protecting you. Because these, you know, subconscious self-sabotaging thoughts is is really self-love in a way, right? Your subconscious is holding on to these things because in its twisted little way of thinking, it really does think that this is what's safe for you. And so it's your job to remind the subconscious that it's not in charge and that it is safe to let go of these belief systems that no longer serve because they are not accurate. They're not actually keeping you safe. So if your brain's having a hard time, like really wrapping your head around this stuff, it's like, dude, I just can't really feel it then start saying like, maybe just maybe I'm safe. Maybe just maybe I'm going to go on vacation and I'm not going to forget anything and the plane's not going to crash. Maybe just maybe I can get good sleep. Maybe just maybe I'm not going to stutter during this public speaking. Like whatever your thoughts are like worrying about, just kind of say like, maybe just maybe and insert like the, the positive version of that worry thought. And instead of like forcing yourself to believe something that you're just not really ready to believe, then get the subconscious mind to question because then it's going to slowly loosen the reins and allow this process to be slow. Like you don't need to rush through your self-healing, allow it to be natural and gentle. You know, it should feel uncomfortable, but it shouldn't feel debilitating. And so allow yourself to implement these tools in a way that feels really safe to your nervous system and not in a way that you're judging yourself going all the way back to that first coping skill have compassion for yourself right don't all of a sudden say all right i'm going to do this 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 and this i'm giving you a lot of tools in this episode because i want you to have resources i don't want you to feel like you're doing something wrong or that you now have this pressure to start doing all of these things throughout your day i always recommend especially to my clients like pick one thing out of the home care and then just try it you don't have to do all of it I'm giving you guys tools in your toolkit of resources of life so that you feel confident, empowered that no matter what comes up in your life and in your journey, you know that you have the tools to get through it and get through it with a balanced nervous system. Oh my gosh, I'm looking at my notes here and I just have so many things I want to say. So I might even do a part two. But another thing that's really interesting that people don't know is that emotions are really only designed to be felt in the body for 90 seconds. And then after that, it's usually self-perpetuated. So I always pose the question of like, how can we demonstrate radical self-acceptance for whatever emotion we're feeling for a few minutes? And then how can we gently redirect our thoughts and our bodies? So you can do that by saying specific affirmations, saying maybe just maybe phrases, using end but but language, and then also incorporating those nervous system regulation techniques. So not only are you shaking things up in your mind, you're also shaking things up in your actual body. So if you start to feel anxious, first allow yourself to deeply feel it because if we sweep it under the rug, it's just going to come back. So allow yourself to deeply feel it for like two minutes. And then be like, all right, how can I gently 
move farther and farther away from this uncomfortable emotion and use some of those techniques that I explained earlier or any techniques that you find online or with reputable sources, of course, or that you already use to help you. And none of this will really work unless you have a growth mindset, unless you believe that you are capable of improving your mental health, unless you genuinely believe that your skills, your abilities, and your thought patterns can improve over time and with effort. The reason why this is so important is because when you have a fixed mindset about anxiety, this is when you think that your traits are just inherently stable and unchangeable over time. Like no matter what you do, this is just who you are. So saying like, oh, I'm just an anxious person and I'll be anxious until the day I die. That type of fixed mindset, when you feel that anxiety is a fundamental part of who you are and something that you don't have control over, That can hinder your ability to heal not just your anxiety, but also other aspects of your life because you're programming your subconscious mind with those beliefs. On the other hand, when you have a growth mindset, you see anxiety as temporary, albeit a little unpleasant, but an emotion that you can cope with and an emotion that you can overcome. And that deep personal development work, that builds resilience. Resilience is you know, this process of successfully adapting to a difficult or a challenging life experience through mental, emotional, and behavioral flexibility. So when you're able to, you know, adjust your thought patterns, adjust your routines, and adjust your external and internal demands, you gain resiliency. And that can allow you to overcome really anything in this life. With a growth mindset, with resilience, with using these tools that feel good and resonate with you, you are going to learn skills that not just help you cope with anxiety, but you're going to be learning coping skills that are going to help you with any single thing in your life that is causing you any type of emotional discomfort. So this is an extremely valuable resource for your personal and soul development. And I honestly could talk about this topic forever. I really love specializing in helping people heal from anxiety. And I love really getting to people's like individual root causes. I think that like analyzing work and really getting deep into like what causes it, how it presents and what tools are going to work best for them. That really empowers me as a practitioner, as a mental health practitioner, because, you know, the way I kind of approach anxiety is this. First, I deeply acknowledge the parts of the person that's feeling scared and that their subconscious is doing everything they can to keep them safe. And then secondly, I empower my clients to self-heal through unconditional positive regard and intense empathy for the emotions that are taking place. Like true empathy. Like I completely feel you and what you're, what's going on there. With that, I, I help guide them through this journey of discovering the root cause, processing it, on a mental and energetic level, and then implementing the tools to cope with stressors and triggers in a balanced way. I would never invalidate someone by giving them a tool first. First, it's sit with it, really feel it. What is it trying to tell you? What does it look like? And then like analyzing it, right? Like this journey of really discovering this part of yourself and why it's present and then integrating that knowledge and then being like, okay, now I'll go back into my like thinking side of the brain and implement these, you know, tools and structures. But it really takes, and you can do this as well, like whether you're in a client session of mine or or outside of it, you can show up to your own healing journey in the same way. First, show myself compassion 
forgiveness, unconditional positive regard, and deeply acknowledge myself and what I'm experiencing. And then go into that self-exploration phase. Take yourself on a journey of discovering more. And then be like, okay, what are the things that I can actually do, right? With my body, with my thoughts, with my energy, whether it's meditation, tapping, whatever it is, that's actually going to balance me. And through that framework, you're going to learn how to navigate anxiety and then gain confidence in your ability to apply that to a multitude of areas of your life. I really could talk about this forever, but that's kind of all I wanted to say for today. I wanted to kind of give you guys an overview of anxiety in a way that maybe isn't talked about a lot and then offer you some like tangible tools to take with you on your own journey. And I just, yeah, I hope that you were inspired by this in some way. And I hope that you're feeling a little bit better about your own personal journey. And with that said, that concludes today's episode of the Stars Are Calling Me podcast. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.